Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Would you be the jerk for having a negative reaction to the news of a new grandkid coming? We'll get into that in a bit, but first... Am I the jerk for saying freak no to a dog and taking it to the pound? I, 38-year-old male, generally like dogs, but in small doses. I grew up with them, but they weren't the most positive thing to me growing up. My wife has had similar sentiments about owning pets and they aren't something either of us ever wanted. We have two daughters age 8 and 10. My sister, 33-year-old female, has grown up to be a classic dog mom and loves her dogs more than anything. She's also very close with my daughters. Well, the other day, my sister took my daughters out shopping. They come home with a puppy. I see it and I'm ticked. My sister's like, look what I bought them. My girls were asking if I liked it. I tell them, can you take the puppy out front and play with it? They do. My sister's like, are you going to keep the dog? I respond, freak no. You know we don't want a dog. It's not staying and you're telling the girls that it's your new puppy. Take it back. Keep it. I don't give a freak. It's not staying here. She says I don't need to be so hostile, calls me a jerk, and leaves. I'm livid. I call the girls in and they're happy. My heart broke telling them we can't keep this dog. The look from happiness to sadness is something I'm not going to forget. Your aunt tricked you and this dog isn't yours. Well, that didn't go over great, and they both went to their room crying. I took the dog straight to the pound. I gave my sister one more opportunity to keep it, but she said her lease won't allow another dog but she called me evil before hanging up. Am I the jerk? Yeah, I'm sorry, but as much as I love dogs and, you know, I would love for this to be a happy situation where they keep the dog and raise it forever as a happy part of the family, you can't drop a dog on somebody. You just can't. It's way too much of a commitment, not just in expenses, but also how long you're going to have that dog. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy getting to decide whether or not all of these people are jerks, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, am I the jerk for using my hearing aids to make someone look stupid? I, female 18, have moderate hearing loss. I lost hearing over the years with many ear-related incidents. I wear hearing aids to hear people talk sometimes, but I mainly use them at school. When I start the school year, I tell the teacher that I wear hearing aids and they normally put me next to their desks so I can hear them without the use of my hearing aids. In one of my classes, I have a girl, Lily, Lily likes to yell at people to get them to come to her instead of getting up to talk to them. No matter who tells her to stop, she won't. The teacher stopped trying to get her to stop a long time ago. In this class, we have to take notes. Lily missed notes day and the teacher told her to find someone with notes. No one near her wanted to give her the notes, so she chose me. I was on the opposite side of the room and she began yelling at me. She had done this all year and it was annoying. I didn't look at her. I just kept working on other schoolwork. I wasn't going to give her special treatment because she was lazy. She had no mobility issues, she just doesn't want to walk to other people. She kept getting louder and more frustrated that I wasn't going to her. She yelled at me for 10 minutes before she stood up and walked over to me. 
She was very mad at me and kept saying that it was stupid that I didn't go to her and that she shouldn't have to stand up. She very loudly asked, What, are you deaf? The entire class was watching us. I have no idea where the teacher was. I slowly turned to her before taking out the case that has my hearing aids in it and made a show of putting them in. I then very loudly asked her, What? She got very red in the face and then turned around and walked back to her seat. No one in that class knew I wore hearing aids because my hair covers them. My sister said it was mean of me to do that to her because she didn't know, and I wasn't wearing my hearing aids, and I could hear her because she was very loud. So, am I the jerk? Honestly, I'm surprised that even in that situation, they understood that it was hearing aids. I mean, I never experienced anybody with hearing aids while I was growing up, especially not any of my peers. I probably, in that situation, if it happened in recent times, would think that they were just putting some earbuds in or something. Like you were just putting some earbuds in to cancel all the noise out and like this what was like a way of showing her up. Either way, I don't think OP's the jerk here. They didn't owe anything to this yelling girl. Our next story is, am I the jerk for declining to participate in a meal train for a woman with an able-bodied husband and adult son living with her? So, some ladies in our church occasionally send out invites for meal trains for people to sign up to bring meals for someone who recently had a baby or is sick or something like that. I get it. It's a nice idea to help people out. I have no problem and have participated sometimes in the past. Last week, a meal train was posted for a lady named Sue, name changed obviously, who apparently had spent a few days in the hospital due to severe back pain. She's home now but still in pain and unable to do much. The meal sign-up stated about bringing a meal for three people. Sue lives with her husband and adult son. The husband and son work full-time. Sue does not work. I decided not to sign up for this meal train because I also work full-time. I figured if people want to, that's fine, but I don't have the extra time to be cooking meals for people who have capable adults in the household to help out. Some people do have extra time and that's great if they want to help out. Well, I'm guessing others felt this way too because the meal train just wasn't filling up very fast. So they kept posting about it and posting about it. I kept ignoring it. Last night, I got a call from a friend of Sue's, we'll call her Jane. Jane asked if I was aware that Sue had been in the hospital and if I could possibly sign up for a meal slot. I explained very nicely to Jane that I work full time and I don't often have time to make a full meal and that my husband and I usually just get our own meals or one of us cooks when we're able. She was like, oh well that's okay, there are plenty of weekend slots available too that you could sign up for when you're not working. I said, well aren't her husband and son home on the weekends? Couldn't they cook then? Jane got really snippy with me then and cut the conversation short. I told my husband about it and he thinks I could have made time on the weekend to cook something and take it over just to be nice. I asked him why didn't he sign up then if he thought they needed meals on the weekend and he told me I was just trying to start an argument. I don't think I'm the jerk because Sue's husband and grown son should be perfectly capable of cooking for Sue and themselves, especially on the weekend, but I might be the jerk because I don't have much going on during the weekends and I could cook for them. I just don't see the need to. So, Reddit, am I the jerk? I mean, honestly, not gonna lie, I think this personally just comes down to the fact that OP's not really obligated to do this. If they don't want to or they don't have the time to, you can't force somebody to do it. You're gonna shame somebody for not doing every charitable possibility? This next story is, am I the jerk for deciding I won't let my boyfriend be a stay-at-home dad after I said he could be? My boyfriend, 26-year-old male, and I, 27-year-old female, 
have been together for five years. I make around $140,000 a year working as a QA manager, and he makes forty dollars to $50,000 working as a warehouse forklift driver. He's never been into working, and we talked about him being a stay-at-home dad, and I initially agreed because childcare is expensive. We want at least two kids. Seven months ago, he lost his job when there was a push for unionization, and some people were essentially bullied out. He was without a job and I agreed to cover living expenses fully if he does the housework, cooks, etc. Before, I didn't really think of his ability as a stay-at-home dad. In the seven months, I come home to empty beer bottles, trash on the coffee table, the fridge is constantly empty because he was supposed to go buy groceries but never does, and when he does, it's mostly junk food. We originally agreed he would cook, and he has cooked maybe four meals for me. I'm still doing most of the cooking and cleaning. Now, I just can't imagine him as a stay-at-home dad. He just sleeps in and barely applies for jobs. He just got one, but that's finally in response to me putting my foot down that I'm no longer supporting him. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and with four kids, she still kept a spotless house and cooked every meal from scratch. We've been fighting about this a lot recently, and I've told him if we do have kids, he has to work because he isn't contributing at all now and so I can't imagine he'll do anything as a stay-at-home dad. He yelled that he has to apply for jobs and he's under a lot of stress. But what's the stress? He has everything taken care of and he barely applies to one to two jobs a day. He didn't do anything we agreed upon. What, me taking care of finances and I don't know how to move forward with the relationship. But am I the jerk for no longer wanting him to be a stay-at-home dad now that I see what he's been like the last seven months? I've heard first-hand accounts from people in similar situations where they say, my partner wanted to be a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, and they just kind of quit. There's these people that say, oh, I'm going to be the greatest stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, and they imagine themselves doing all these chores and staying on top of it, but then they just treat it like an early, early, early retirement. I don't think OP's the jerk at all, I think it's definitely a very clear red flag. Our next story is, am I the jerk for lying to my sister about helping her pay for her fiancé's bail, but using the money to move out? Am I the jerk? I'm 19 and live with my older sister, my little brother, her fiancé, and their kids. I've been living with her since I was 15 because she was granted custody of us as a foster placement, and ever since I turned 18, has been saying I have to start paying rent if I want to live in their house. Despite her receiving money from the government for me, I never saw a penny of it for years, as well as still for our little brother. She isn't hurting for money, so I don't understand why she's badgering me to pay rent there. I share a room with him, he's six. I have a section to myself, and she wants me to pay hundreds for that in a tiny cramped house. I decided to save my money for my part-time job. I do college online, and play bingo and have saved up enough for an apartment with a friend. Now I can finally have space to myself and pay rent justifiably. Just days before we were going to apply and pay the security deposit to secure the apartment, my sister informs me that her fiancé got into a fight with someone at the casino, and it turns out that he's been gambling the monthly checks she gets away, and that's why she needs me to start contributing to the bills since he got locked up, and she needs to save for his bail and pick up extra shifts. I didn't want to tell her that I was planning to be moving out literally the following weekend, so I lied and said okay, but instead took my half and applied like I'd been planning to for months. 
I made sure to pack my one suitcase while she was at work and left while the kids were at school. Didn't have much, so it was fast. By the time I'd signed the lease and picked up the keys is when I called and confessed to my sister I wasn't planning on returning ever except to see my little brother. And she said that I'm so fake for leaving when I promised her money for bills and she can't afford rent and her fiancé's bail and I'm a huge jerk for lying to her because she doesn't know what she's gonna do and she starts crying. I just blocked her because she wouldn't stop texting me. Am I the jerk? Yeah, lying about helping her out with the bail probably was not the best decision, but OP was under pressure and I don't blame them. I don't think OP's the jerk here, and obviously it was the right thing to do, at least in my opinion. This next story is, am I the jerk for insisting on going on the family vacation of my ex-boyfriend? My 34-year-old female and ex-boyfriend, 25-year-old male, were together for a year and a half. Our breakup was amicable, I never assumed it would last given the age difference. I got along well with his family, even with his mother who understandably wasn't a fan of our relationship given the age gap but did like me as a person. Before our breakup, we were invited to a destination wedding of his cousin in Hawaii. I was asked to make the arrangements for flights in a hotel. I didn't mind so we made the arrangements together, selecting the place and flight times and I put it all on my credit card with the promise that they would pay back their portions when they could, over $2,000 each. I have a good job and could pay off the whole trip and I was happy to do it to save them interest on a credit card. Since then we broke up. Recently I got an email from his mother asking for her flight and hotel information. I politely reminded her that they would need to pay back their portion, it's been 3 months since we booked the trip and asked if they would reimburse me for my portion of the hotel and Airbnb since we broke up and I wouldn't be attending. At first, her response was cool, but polite, saying that I would get my money eventually. I didn't respond. She wrote back again with a much different tone, demanding the information for the hotel and Airbnb, and I said I was causing undue stress while they were planning for this big trip. I replied that I would happily share that information once I was reimbursed. She said that I would not be reimbursed for my portion of the accommodation expenses and that she was going to tell everyone how terrible I was for holding the hotel information hostage. I texted my ex and asked what was happening and why things had taken such a turn. He said I was being unreasonable and making everything about money, which was unfair since I knew they were struggling financially and I wasn't. I said that it didn't feel very fair to me that I was basically paying for them to go on this trip and getting nothing. He assured me that they would work on paying me back when things got better for them financially. I said that just wouldn't work for me since I had no guarantee and no idea how long that would be and that I would still be out thousands of dollars since they didn't want to reimburse me for my portion. I offered instead to let them share one room at the Airbnb and one room at the hotel, but that I would be staying in one room as well. He was outraged and said I was making things weird. But my side is that I have the time off from work and paid for it, so why shouldn't I go? I told him that I'm still within the range to cancel the reservations if that was a better fit, which he also didn't like, since prices are much higher and places are harder to find now. I won't attend the wedding, of course, but I don't see why I can't take the vacation that I planned and paid for. Am I the jerk? This is a really awkward situation. I don't know if you can rightly expect them to pay your portion. I do think it is more than fair, though, to expect them to pay for their portion. And Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And I also think it's more than fair for you to take that vacation regardless. It's not like you're bunking with them. Our next story is, am I the jerk for buying my son a car, but not my daughter? I, 47-year-old male, made the same promise to my two kids, Ronan, 21, and Lana, 18. I told them that if they graduated high school with above a 3.5 GPA, I would buy them a new car in addition to a graduation gift. Ronan absolutely rocked high school. He was his class valedictorian, played three sports, was the captain of the debate team, participated in model UN conferences frequently, was on the student council and volunteered extensively. He now goes to an Ivy League school with a generous scholarship. Of course, he more than met my requirement and I bought him a nice car that he chose. Lana, on the other hand, struggled. She needed tutoring all four years and barely had any extracurriculars. I'd never say this to her face but I'm just relieved that she graduated at all. I'm proud of her for working so hard to pass her classes, but she got mostly D's and C's and plans on going to our local community college that basically takes anyone. Unfortunately, she didn't get a high enough GPA to meet my requirements. I did get her a nice graduation gift, but it wasn't nearly as expensive as Ronan's car. When the end of the school year rolled around, Lana started showing me different used cars that she would like. I assumed that she was planning on buying one for herself and wanted my advice, so I worked with her to find one in good condition at a fair price, and she finally picked one out. The trouble came when about two weeks after she made a decision about her car, she came to me and asked, whatever happened to the car I wanted? I was confused and said, I don't know, did you buy it? From there, we both became more and more incredulous until it came out that she had expected me to buy the car for her. Apparently, for years, she had assumed that my promise to buy her a new car if she got a certain GPA meant that I would buy her a used car regardless of her academic accomplishments. She accused me of favoritism and misogyny and said that if Ronan had failed school, her words, like she had, I would have still bought him a car because he's my favorite and also a boy. This is not and was never the case. If she had just asked, I would have made this clear to her. Lana went to the rest of the family with some sob story about favoritism and now, nearly a month later, my sister, brother, and parents have all chipped in to get Lana a used car. Everybody who chipped in has been very distant to me and Ronan. I've tried to explain myself, but no one will give me the time of day. Ronan is the only one who doesn't think I'm a misogynist and a terrible father. Am I the jerk? 
I don't think OP's a jerk outright for sticking to what the agreements are. I think it could be definitely argued that OP's just being overly strict though, creating too lofty of expectations and also just not helping out their kid in at least assisting them in buying this affordable used car. I mean, if you take a step back as well, considering they're 18, not only were they maybe less academically inclined than their brother, obviously, but they were doing it in the middle of the hardcore pandemic years. Depending on the person, that probably can affect their performance quite a bit, right? Our next story is, am I the jerk for calling a guy an idiot for traumatizing his kid and getting him in trouble with his wife? I was at an observation deck yesterday. It's one of those that has a glass floor as part of it. There was a guy in there trying to get his wife and kid to go on the glass floor so he could take a picture. Kid looked about three and terrified. His wife wasn't interested either. When she went to the bathroom, he picked up his kid and went on the glass floor. The kid was frozen stiff and looked as pale as a ghost. The dad got a selfie though. When he walked by me, I was telling my boyfriend that if we got married and had kids and he did something so idiotic and traumatizing to our kids, I would be ticked. The guy overheard me and said I should mind my own business. I said I wasn't talking to him, but I did repeat myself and say that he was an idiot for putting his child in such a scary place when the kid obviously didn't want to be there. By the time his wife had come out and she heard us arguing, then she got ticked off at him for doing this against their kid's obvious desire. We walked away, but my boyfriend said I shouldn't have started crap with some random guy terrorizing his own kid. Am I the jerk? Yeah, I definitely don't agree with the way that they handle the situation here, and I think honestly, even what Opie was saying to their boyfriend is fine. I just, once it started getting into an argument, I think Opie should have either walked away or de-escalated. I don't really know if it's worth getting into a fight with this person, especially in front of their kid after all that. I mean, the kid's already traumatized enough, right? This next story is, am I the jerk because I, 38-year-old female, don't want to take my stepson, 9, on vacation? My husband, 39, and I have been married for 5 years. We have two children of our own, both girls aged 5 and 2. I also have a son, 10, from a previous marriage, but I was widowed. My husband's ex is barely involved in stepson's life at all. They got divorced when stepson was 2 and his ex wanted a fresh start, so my husband did the decent selfless thing and had complete custody of their son, even though we'd wanted shared custody. I got a bonus at work and I really wanted to go on vacation with just my family, just once. We've been on family vacations all together, lots of times. But just once, I want to spend my money going on vacation where I'm not looking after someone else's kid. I want stepson to stay with his mom while we go on vacation. My husband sees my point of view and is okay with it. I don't think I'm being at all unreasonable. My mom found out what I was planning and says I'm a complete jerk. These are the reasons she says I could be the jerk. My mom says that if stepson's mom isn't properly involved in his life, I should be even more involved in his life to compensate. I think this is a completely unfair expectation. She also says that I'm being a hypocrite taking my son, but I think that's totally different because my son doesn't have another parent. I'm all he's got. If stepson's mom won't take him just for once, then obviously he'll come on vacation with us. But I don't think I'm the jerk to ask if I can have a vacation with my own family just one time. It's not like I hate stepson or something. He's a nice kid. He's just not mine. Am I the jerk? Uh, yeah, I think OP is being unreasonable. I think it is really weird to have them as kind of part of the family and I assume living with you. 
and then take their father and go on a family vacation and just leave them behind? A nine-year-old? I get if you don't really care for this kid all that much, but you married their father that they live with. You kind of married into that father-son family. I can't begin to tell you how cold, callous, and evil stepmother-like this sounds. Sorry, nine-year-old Johnny, stepmom doesn't like having you around, so you're gonna have to go to your mom's place while we go on vacation. Sounds real cool. Our next story is, am I the jerk for my reaction for the news of the new grandkid coming and telling them to get their crap together? My daughter recommended me to this Reddit area. I have two daughters. Bethany is 22 and has her life together. She just got a good job and is doing really well. Abby is 24 and doesn't have her life together. She dropped out of college at 19 since she got pregnant and then baby daddy left. I've been a huge part of the kid's life while Abby tries to get back on track. At 23, we decided that she needs to go back to school since she can't support herself being a waiter. The whole time I was the free babysitter basically raising the kid, so she has one year left of her higher education and she freaked it up again. So grandkid 2 is coming and she said she'll most likely drop out again. When she told me I asked if she was joking. She got defensive and asked what I meant. I told her that she needs to get her crap together. It resulted in an argument which she stormed out after calling me a jerk. My other daughter said I should post here and see if I was a jerk. Edit. So I have a plan now and I'll lay it out for her tonight. If she has the kid, she can only stay if she stays in school. She has to go to court and get child support for the first kid and do the same when the other one arrives. I will only babysit twice a week and real emergencies. If she needs me to babysit more than she needs to pay, and it will be the cost of the average babysitter where I live. She needs to provide all the baby stuff I'm not paying. If she decides to drop, she's going to be out of the house and needs to figure it out. Although when the kid's young, you have every legal obligation to take care of them, house them, feed them, clothe them. At some point, they get old enough and they make enough adult decisions and it becomes more than justifiable to say, listen, you gotta leave the coop and support yourself because I just cannot stick around for this. Them destroying their academics and dropping out and following that up with expecting you to save the day every single day, I think is more than a valid reason to do what OP's trying to do. Our next story is, am I the jerk for telling my wife I don't like to hear criticism of my parents? So for context, my wife and I have very different relationships with our families. Mine is huge and complicated, and my relationship with my parents is strained. It's kind of been on the mend since having kids. But we don't see my mom and dad very much as we live overseas. My wife has only her mom. Dad passed long ago and no siblings. They're very close, and her mom has been with us about 50% of the last four years helping out with our kids. Her mom is nice, but I have issues with her. She is a bad communicator, like literally mumbles all the time, which is especially bad because I'm communicating with her in what's not my native language, and it's very difficult for me to understand. I constantly tell her to speak up and speak clearly, and she just kind of giggles. Rude. Anyway, I try not to make a big issue of it, or that she's super pessimistic, or that she talks with her mouth full of food, or a million other things, because I know she's family now. It's on me to put up with it. So, when my parents visited for just two weeks, this behavior was not reciprocated by my wife or my mother-in-law. Constantly, they were criticizing the way they talk, their clothes, their humor, the way they act towards the kids, everything. They are kind of annoying, but I didn't like this and I said it to my wife. 
I reminded her that I put up with her mom non-stop without complaints and asked her to refrain from speaking poorly about my parents, especially with her mom. I told her that it makes me very sad and uncomfortable and that she should understand how much it means to me that our relationship is finally repaired. It's not the time to complain about the presence that they brought being inadequate. My wife is furious now, says I'm censoring her. Did I do something wrong? I feel like I'm just asking for what I give, but maybe I'm too close to see clearly. Honestly, I think OP's not the jerk here. Based off of just what they said, it's pretty unfair that they just have all this judgmental behavior. I mean, they just sound like extremely intolerable people. That said, I don't think we have a great appreciation of what OP's parents actually did, just what they were criticized about without knowing the basis of those criticisms. So, for all we know, they could be monsters, but OP's just saying the basics of what happened. This next story is, am I the jerk for refusing to share a campsite with strangers? Last weekend, my wife, 30-year-old female, and I, 30-year-old male, went on a backpacking hike in the Pacific Northwest. The hike was 24 miles total, 12 in and 12 out, with the trail ending at a beautiful crystal blue lake. The trailhead was close to 3 hours from our home, so we woke up at 3.30 a.m. to be sure we'd get an early start. For those unfamiliar with overnight backpacking, the end of a hike typically has several established flat sites to pitch a tent. They're always first come first serve and not reservable or numbered in any way. My wife and I started the hike around 7am and finished at 1.30pm. We were surprised to find that we were the first ones to complete the hike, but more surprised to find that there were only four sites scattered around the lake. For a hike this long, it's not uncommon to find eight or nine sites at the end. Regardless, we were glad we had options and chose the first spot that sat directly in front of the lake. We wondered what might happen as other people started to trickle in. Lo and behold, within the next hour, a few other groups showed up and the remaining sites were claimed. Around 4pm, a group of four hikers arrived at the lake. At this point, my wife and I had been well established at our site, with our tent, cooking gear and supplies spread out. The group of four hiked around the lake searching for spots and eventually returned to our site. They stood around for a few minutes before approaching us and asking if we could move our tent to share the space with them. Given the size of our site, their tents would have been no more than six feet from ours, and our otherwise private backpacking trip would have become a shared experience with strangers. We would have been cooking food together, gathering water together, and hearing each other's conversations. Therefore, we politely declined, and suggested they check for sites at the lower lake about a mile and a half back. They were clearly displeased by our answer and gave us the, come on man, routine. We again declined to share the site, at which point they became upset and insisted that we move our tent to make room for both of theirs. They said it wasn't fair that we were capitalizing on the spot. We maintained our position and they ultimately left the lake. My wife's and my backpacking philosophy has always been to set ourselves up for success by arriving early. The whole point of backpacking for us is to get away from social obligations and be in solitude. Are we the jerks? It's a classic case of early bird gets the worm, right? I think this is one of just those classic situations where if you're a decent person, you just kind of have a bad taste in your mouth and feel like an awful jerk for having to say no to these people. Or maybe not decent person, but definitely having people-pleaser tendencies. Like I know for sure if I were in this situation, 
I would feel terrible having to stand up and say no to these people. But you got there well in advance, you're entitled to that spot, and it's more than fair to not want to be cramped up with multiple strangers. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy am I the jerk here story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 